0: song facts get song facts right here get your song facts get your hello song hello facts hello and welcome to the song facts podcast i am your host Corey o'flanagan and as always this podcast is proudly a part of the pantheon podcast network Please think about subscribing, if you're liking us, leave a review, tell a friend. You know the drill. Guys, I am so excited for the show today because I have someone I've been wanting to talk to since I was first introduced to her voice, Doe Paro, whose given name is Sonia Kreitzer. I catch up with Doe while she is in Costa Rica, finding some calm amidst the chaos that has been this last year for all of us. Doe has been around the L.A. scene for quite a while, but is originally from out east. Most recently, she released an album of Chakras, which you can find on Spotify, and her last major album is called Soft Power, and is her, quote, "...reclaiming parts of myself that I had lost." You might remember her from our first episode with Misty Boyce as they co wrote the great song The Clearing together. So, we talk about that, what she's up to now, and her amazing project, Activating the Voice. So, please, please welcome Do Paro. Are you down there doing one of your retreats? What are you doing down there? Are you just hanging?
1: I I'm, I am, in a sense, I'm doing a virtual, teaching a virtual class, which has proven to be, like, actually a lot more challenging than I thought, given how unreliable <laughs> the internet is. Because um, I have taught this class, this is the third time I'm teaching it, and it's a joy, and I love teaching it, and it's sort of like this, um, it's a mix of the voice and the chakra system, so it kind of holds both spaces, which I'm interested in, like the spiritual embodiment of the voice. Um, and this time it's just been like this new challenge of actually. Yeah, that's activating the voice. So that's what I'm doing down here. Virtually. Perfect.
0: Give me some more details. That was actually my last question, but let's start with it because I'm very <laughs> curious about this okay. because it's a really unique thing that one, I love that you're just like, If you want to sing, sing. Let's just find your voice and and figure it out. And then bringing the chakras into it too is an interesting angle. So yeah, where did this kind of start and come from?
1: Hmm. Well, so I think I've been for a long time living a sort of dual life as like singer-songwriter. And then this person who has like a pretty serious spiritual practice. And I did not understand how those two could potentially intersect because... You understand what um, indie rock is like. It's like out every night and at clubs and, you know, surrounded by alcohol. And just there was this fragmentation in my life. And um, every time I would get like an advance for something, I would go to India and study with my teachers there. And being really just like, this is one life, very compartmentalized. And um, about two years ago, I was like, this is getting pretty unsustainable. Like, I'm not presenting authentically okay. into what, it, what I am. And I started leaning more into, like, voice healing work and sound healing work, which felt really good. And then when the pandemic hit, live shows went off and, you know, everything got canceled. And this was a class I've been thinking about for a long time. Just how the, just starting at the voice can be an access to so many other interesting points. Yeah within your personal history and within your creative history and creative future. And, um, and so it's kind of a mix of of all the work I've done to this point.
0: So who's an ideal student for, for this? Who, 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 what's your, what's your picture of someone that's like, you find me and I'm going to help you, help you find this.
1: Oh man, it is, it runs the gamut. Okay. okay? It runs, it's anyone from like people who have been in the music industry who got burnt out and lost the passion for Mm. it. Um, because they made the music their passion and you know what happens in the back sometimes, um, to people who've never sung and want to learn to sing, to people who are just feeling like they are not heard in their situation, um young mothers who want to be able to connect to their babies, we've had a few of those. Um, Men who want to come into their singing voices and who want to be able to express themselves, their emotions more. So it's like all the different ways in which you might be using the voice and might not be using the voice, more importantly. (laughs) How has it
0: affected you as an artist then? Where has it opened up some ideas and some doors for you that you didn't expect?
1: Mm, It's a really good question, big time. Like, I mean, you know teaching was like I'm realizing teaching is the best way to learn and um it's helping keep me very accountable to myself in terms of like moment to moment am I staying in my truth am I living in my truth because every week I get on this class and I talk to 60 people about how how to use the voice to express your truth and so I think it's helped me as an artist just like communicate more authentically especially during the pandemic and and share in a way that's not overthought, but just like coming from my heart yeah. sounds kind of silly, but it's, it's really true. I
0: think that that's just, you know, that's just honest. Sometimes honesty is silly. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. so, okay, let's, let's go back now. So your music was brought into my world, thankfully, by, um, the wonderful and talented Misty Boyce. And, oh, cool. and when I heard I saw so she was my first ever interview for this podcast. Um, and what a great
1: movie. Oh know, my God, I was just way. blown
0: away. I, hadn't, I had never been introduced to her music and through the connection of just people that we know, like we found each other and she was nice enough to do it and then it was so much fun. But I was Whoa. just like, holy fuck, are you a talented individual? And um, so you guys did the song The Clearing together, which is...
1: One drop could take the whole house down. such
0: an amazing song and i just want to know because she kind of gave me a little bit but what's your memory of writing that that amazing song
1: um my memory is I saw Misty there is the, it just unfortunately closed down the standard Hotel um, every week there was this weekly kind of rotating cast of musicians who would play and I would often play at this event called Desert Nights And I would often hang out there too and I saw Misty perform one night and I was like, this girl's amazing. she's just like so raw. Like seeing her perform is is being in the presence of that rawness. Yeah. And um, I do a lot of songwriting for myself and I write for other artists too and I just went up here and was like, would you like to try writing sometime? And the first time we got together, it was the whole time we were like chills, chills, chills. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when we sat down to write that song, it just came through both of us. and. Um, yeah, the whole time, both of us were like, "We are just kind of electric with this
0: song." I mean, just I just I I just love it. It just is like my morning coffee tune, and I just
1: Aww. I don't know what it
0: is about it, but it's just so because the lyrics obviously are pointing to something, but there's so much more to it, and I love that about it because the fire can be whatever's going on in your life, and then obviously the clearing is like the hopefulness, but also like is that what we want it's just it raises so many questions and that's what i love about songs and lyrics and you guys did such a good job with it um thanks go
1: um the first line actually came from an interesting place because i was house sitting at that time for aaron steele he's a drummer and plays in a a bunch of really great bands and um house sitting in la (laughs) and it just happened to be i left for like two hours it happened to be uh raining that day and i came back and it's like, when do you actually house it where something happens? And there's a reason for you house to sit. There were literally like two inches of water in his apartment. Oh my God. From rain in LA, which never happens. So, you know, thank goodness I came back when I did and I was able to like save a bunch of his equipment, but I was thinking, wow, like, <laughs> what, what does it take to start a flood? Yeah. Like it's starts big one drop, you know? And then all of a sudden, a few hours pass and everything is is up in water. And that's kind of what I came to miss you with.
0: Oh, that's such a good sentiment because I hadn't thought about that particular lyric, but I really like that. Yeah. Really nice. Okay, so that's funny because I had a similar thing. I wasn't house-sitting, but I was being allowed to use a friend's place um, mm-hmm. a few years ago in Colorado. And I was out watching a concert with my cousin and I got home at like midnight and the he had been doing some renovating to his kitchen and uh, the pipe underneath his sink burst. And I mean, it must've been going for eight hours. The place was just destroyed and it was like dripping down to the basement. All the wallpaper was like bubbling and everything. And I immediately assumed that I had done something and I was just like retracing my steps, just being like, what did you do? What did you do? And like, thankfully it wasn't, but a hundred percent like, it just started with like a little bit of a leak in there because they came and checked it out and they were like that's where it came from and that just like over the next he just didn't quite tighten it enough when he put it back together and it just slowly the pressure grew so i love that
1: yeah wow and isn't it interesting that like your first thought is what did i do 100%.
0: <laughs> 100%. I was like... Like, I was like,
1: oh, I should have left the house. <laughs> <laughs> was I going to do watch the house the whole time I was here? Like, literally? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is just so
0: random that that kind of thing happens while you're on watch. Like, it could happen any other time, but it just happens and then you're just like, that can't just be circum random circumstance. It has to be me, Right. <laughs> I, was, I was wearing the guilt blanket for a while and it was heavy um okay so from what i can tell you've obviously had quite the musical journey and you kind of mentioned this a little bit about getting your uh um what do you call it the, i say money up front oh Get your advance yeah and then uh going off and just you know going and, and doing your thing with that but i want to know where did music kind of begin how did it first become a big part of your life
1: Hmm. um I'm from Syracuse New York and it's a uh, it's actually pretty similar to Wisconsin when I was out in Wisconsin I thought it reminded me of Syracuse and the people like yeah kind of like salt of the earth yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah I was just a really you know moody teenager and living in a sort of I don't know how to, like city that has didn't have much going on and like so many other people, music was my refuge okay. of listening to songs and being like, this is where, oh, there's other people who are feeling the same way. And, you know, just like falling in love with music so deeply, listening to records for hours. And, um, yeah, so it was like kind of in those. and I, And I made a record when I was 15.
0: Are you self-taught? Did I read that right? That you're self-taught?
1: I am. Um, I had a few guitar lessons at that time, but as a vocalist, I'm self-taught.
0: How did that process work then? Because I think, one, it's hard for somebody just to imagine doing that. I think when you're a kid, it's like anything else when you're younger, like learning a language or, or anything. It's a little bit easier just because you're not as closed and rigid as we all tend to become as adults. But... It's also a confidence thing. And so it's just like, I'm going to put myself out there and try and sing, which me as a teenager never could have done. And I still really struggle with that. Even though I play guitar and I try to sing songs, I just, I probably need to do your course because I struggle with that badly.
1: I know, join the course, man. <laughs> but what's the, uh, where
0: did that confidence come from for you in, in terms of like, I'm going to actually write an album at 15?
1: Man, it's such a good question because I don't think of myself as a super confident person and not mm-hmm. a confident teenager either. But um, it was really like this deep soul call. It was like, oh, I have these songs and this is all I care about. And I didn't care about other teenage things. I wasn't driven by that. I was just like totally driven by music. And um, Okay.
0: So it sounds to me like music and travel have been... Um, major important aspects of your life and I kinda wanna dive into that a little bit. So mm-hmm. you took did you take a really influential trip to India, Nepal and get in the Himalayas at like a really nice, ripe, vulnerable age?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My during my Saturn <laughs> returns, um yeah. Not Nepal unfortunately, although I'd love to go there someday. But um yeah, I went to India and I went to um I was in the Himalayas working with the Tibetan teachers there had a yes, had a very important influential trip.
0: <laughs> you've traveled a lot since then obviously, you've got the bug. And I'm wondering because when I hear your music, I do hear a lot of different sounds and not just your normal pop indie stuff. Like you're bringing these influences. So how have these cultures like impacted you? I definitely you, obviously on your singing and I want you to talk a little bit about that because you sing in some very unique styles.
1: Yeah, you know, okay, so as a self-taught singer, I didn't really know I didn't know anything about singing. I was just learning and imitating, as so many people do, based on trying. Um, and for a long time, I was trying to write songs and not really getting anywhere in terms of it resonating beyond myself. Uh, and when I took that trip to India, I found Tibetan opera singing, which is not something I ever saw in my, my past, but I literally was in the forest one day and heard this singing and just followed it and ended up at this... Tibetan Conservatory for Performing Arts where they were teaching oh, that's amazing. people how to sing um, it was amazing and it was just like the most enchanting mystical sound I did not know that the human voice could make that sound <laughs> so that's what I learned and through learning how to make that sound <clears throat> through learning that the body could do that I started to really understand my voice Like to get that high to sing in those high pitches you have to know how to yeah. move the breath and the voice through the body, not just in like one place. So um, everything changed for me. Can anyone that. do that? I think so. I, I mean, I'm a firm believer that anyone, that anyone can sing. Everyone can yeah. sing. If you can speak, you can sing. And if, if you want to sing high, you can sing high.
0: Oh, that's such an interesting concept to me because I just feel like why well, there's a there's a guy that I interviewed um, named Chris. Pierce, who's an amazing, um, like, soulful bluesy singer and stuff like that. And he said he was just like, why why does the word limit have to exist? Like, he was just like, limitless is the thing that I've, like, just based my career on. And I really, I really like that idea. And it sounds like yeah. that's kind of... Because you would have to do that. I mean, this idea of you just kind of, like, wandering through the woods in northern India and then hearing this and following this, one, it just brings this idea of just complete freedom. Whatever you were doing, you didn't have an agenda that day or else whatever your agenda was you were like it's i can just end up doing whatever i want so i'm just going to follow this sound and think of like where that decision has like led you to now
1: it's oh my god thank you for that reflection because it's just like so meaningful to to go from that point and be like the moment you say yes to something that really speaks to you that's where the opening is (laughs) yeah like that was literally the moment everything changed
0: yeah and it's something that you can like trace back and like be very very aware of and and think of.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: something that maybe help make decisions down the road. And if anybody's listening, that's something that you can. There is the yes theory of just like, why not? Just give it a shot. The worst thing that can happen is that you fail or it doesn't work out, and that's usually not that bad. Um, I, I, I follow that idea a lot in my life, and I think that there's something to that, but so as I was reading up on you well hang on no first I want to talk a little bit more about your singing because of your incredible vocal range and the fact that you trained to get yourself up there who are some of your favorite singers like who are you listening to now and who are you listening to like at that that teenager that was kind of closed off and doing her own thing
1: it's so funny whenever I get asked this question my mind goes blank and I think of three singers it's like I can't think of anyone else Hit me there, Lauren Hill, right? Because I used to listen to her when I was a kid. I was a really big fan of the Fugees. And then when she made her record, that, that meant that impacted how I thought about music a lot. I was just a little girl. A little girl. Skinny legs, a pressing, a pressing curl. My mother always thought I'd be My a star. My mother always thought oh. I'd be a star. way before the record deal. The streets that nurtured Lauren Hill. Uh-huh. Made sure that I never go what? too far. What? Every ghetto, every city it's a suburban place I've been Make me recall my days Fiona Apple, which is really cool mm-hmm. because she's somebody who I've legitimately been listening to since I was a teenager and I'm still listening to now and a few years ago I had the chance to sing like a backup for her and a show and it was just amazing Oh, that's cool um, and, I was, and Nina Simone, like those are the three that are my icons of Truth, I guess. Yeah.
0: That's all right. Yeah. I mean, Nina's someone that a lot of the singers that I'm talking to on this, she comes up a lot.
1: Yeah. Just truth. Like, you know? Yeah.
0: And she was completely authentic. Like, you can tell when you listen to a Nina Simone record, like, she's doing a her. She's not trying to be anybody else. And I think that when you can put that through where people can't actually see you, but just as they listen, they can just. Mm-hmm they don't have to, there's no doubt about it. They're just like, oh, this yeah. person is just this person. That's a really, really unique thing because a lot of times you're like, they're trying to be like punk or they're trying to be this or that. And to just have that authenticity come through is really, really phenomenal. So I think just mm. stick with those three, why not?
1: Yeah, it's rare. It's it's rare is what it is to hear somebody with so little doubt.
0: Yeah. And I really <laughs> like this conversation because I don't get to talk about the spiritual side of music a lot. And I really, that was one of the reasons that as I kept learning about you, that I wanted to dive into. So I'm happy that you're willing to go there with me. So oh. I kept seeing this theme come up and it's this idea of there being, and I think this is somewhere in your bio too, but there are these two powers mm. and then how, and there's a quote that I found. It's the gentlest thing, the most gentle thing in the world overcomes the hardest thing in the world and it got me wondering about this idea and your songs and i'm going to take you way back here because was this an idea on your mind when you wrote soft but strong on your first album I listened to that song and i was like okay i just read this quote where's that quote and i was like oh that was on her website and this is this song what is this
1: <laughs> oh my god you did the deep dive it means so much to me that you've like connected those two um it's like an idea i've been trying to understand for a long time because it's my own paradox i think it's like how to be a how to stay soft in this world and be strong and um when it's funny because when I was trying to come up with a title for my third record I took a year I couldn't think of (laughs) it I had a list I had a list it was so annoying I was like I haven't found it yet I don't think it's the name of any of these songs that feels really lazy Um, and then I was at my cousin's house for holiday and she had um, that book with it written and it was then The Softest Thing in the World Overcomes the Gentlest Oh, sorry The Hardest Thing in the World and I was like, oh, that's what it is, like soft, soft power that feels right. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a, a word or because they use it in politics a lot to describe something I'm forgetting, because I looked at that yeah. after. But um, it's a political term, and it's not really political for me, but it felt like a continuation of a, a conversation that I'm here to have.
0: <laughs> yeah. Where, where else does that kind of, has that come up in other points in your life too, where you've been like, ooh, this is kind of that same theme here?
1: Hmm. Man, I just feel like in living like it's you know so much of my uh, since I started this okay since I started Dope is also the start of my really diving into like some of the Tibetan teachings Mm -hmm. which is like also how do you keep waking up in a world where there's a lot of ignorance you know how do you stay soft when there's so much hate like how do you so these two things go together like the sort of spiritual and the music and that question of continuing to stay in that space of like refusing to get hardened by the world
0: stay tuned for more song facts podcast right after this ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy no well let me tell you anyway The Lyra microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me, because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high quality, easy to transport and use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician, recording vocals, or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? that is how the mic picks up your voice just trust me with these four options it's really all you're gonna need with AKG Lyra you'll be up and running in no time no matter your experience level there's no assembly no need for separate audio interface no fiddling with software settings it just works right out of the box and Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows Mac iOS and Android devices and all major recording softwares so if you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use, along with a high quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. Right um, so I think it's really clear that you're obviously just not afraid to go inward. I mean, through travel and, and being willing to just go back to these different cultures and continue to learn more about yourself and different cultures and different ways of making music and stuff like that in order to grow as a person and an artist. So how does music and being an artist, how does this help you in your personal life? Or do you see a separation? Because I feel like there might be kind of a blurry line with you of just like, this is just me living my life. This is just what I do.
1: Yeah. I think that's part of it. And maybe it would be better if there was more separation, but it's kind of like at this this stage, there's no separation um, between the three like the person the artist the spirit the music and boring you know it's like it's a way
0: yeah are you writing songs now?
1: Um, I took a break from writing Um, I took a break from writing I I thought I would write a lot during the quarantine but this has been such a it's, it's been almost like too inward to pull from and I feel like I haven't been inspired and I don't like pushing inspiration I think people
0: are different with that right like a lot of writers are just like I'm just gonna grind this out and because I know there's something here but I like the idea of not punishing yourself because you're like I'm a musician I've got to have music coming out like no like if I'm not feeling it you don't have to unless you've got a record deal that they're like we need a record by the end of the year
1: yeah, I know. I, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe that, I'm sure that works for people. Like, both approaches work. I know what it's like to um, be in that state of, of real inspiration where it's like the songs are just writing themselves and I'm yeah. writing them down. Um, and I think it's coming soon because I've been feeling really excited about music and listening to a lot of m- new music lately, and that's always, to me, a sign that it's, it's on its way. Um, but I, I really like having this kind of no-pressure relationship to writing where when it's the songs want to come i let them and i don't labor it
0: (laughs) yeah no i really like that too and and yeah i mean probably i mean if you know that you've been in a situation where the songs have just poured through you and they've they've made themselves available to you and and whoever ends up listening to them then don't force it because it's probably going to end up being something that you're not happy with in the end anyway
1: no, I had, I recorded two songs at the beginning of the quarantine with Rob Schnaff, who I've worked with a lot in the last few years. He, okay. He's amazing. He, he did like, um, all the Elliot's, a lot of the Elliot Smith stuff, which is oh, like, really? he yeah, but he's just like a really great producer because he's very sensitive to sensitive artists and he knows how to work with them. And so I've been working with him a bunch and we wrote and produced two songs together that will come out at some point. Um I'm waiting to write the third one and then we'll we'll have that one
0: out. Okay. You're gonna just you just hold off on that a little bit. That's fine. You yeah. can tease us all you want with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Misky and I have like a few half finished ones too that we need to finish off.
0: She needs to get down to Costa Rica then.
1: She needs to come pure Vita and, and crack out this record. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've been listening to some new new music and like music's been back in your ears lately, so it has me wondering is there a song that you're listening to right now that you were like, I kind of wish I would have written that one.
1: Mm. No, I'm listening to so much stuff that's really different than what I write and okay. make. Um, right now, I'm just listening to like a bunch of, I've been doing this anti, I'm trying to pull it up right now. But that's all right. Out. Sort of anti-algorithm um, playlist every month where I ask my followers on Instagram on the 25th of each month to send me whatever they're listening to. And I put it all in a playlist, even if it's stuff that I think is heinous. I love it. Yeah. And it's been really fun, like way to keep the inspiration going and like listen, hear new things. So
0: did you call it the anti-algorithm playlist?
1: No, I just called it the 25th of the month because that was the random (laughs) day I was like, I'm doing this, I'm feeding you, Spotify.
0: (laughs) I really like that. I would go, I would go with anti-algorithm though, because that's. It seems like it's so much in our lives right now we're being controlled by these if-this-then-that mm. if type mentality and I don't like it. I, I try to run from it as much as I can. What is a song by another artist... I'm wondering if I could guess this, but what's a song by another artist that you have spent listening to and dissecting the most in your life because mm-hmm. it made such an impact on you? Oh my
1: god. Hold on. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking of like a few songs. I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of Shadowboxer by Fiona Apple
0: Once my lover Now my friend What a cruel thing To pretend What a cunning way To understand Once my lover
1: my I'm thinking of Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen
0: Yeah it's,
1: not, it's really obvious But it's just It's a reason why It's one of the best songs ever written So true um, I'm thinking of Don't Smoke in Bed by Nina Simone I love that one Because it's Okay really Cinematic to me um, But captures a feeling And then I'm thinking You know Justin Vernon's whole first record For Emma Forever Ago." When that Came out. I I had the CD because that's how long ago it was. <laughs> I remember reading all the lyrics and being like, "What is this? This is like, how do you make a poem a song? How do you make a non-rhyming yeah. thing feel like the rhyme?" Like, it's so interesting. His writing is really beautiful.
0: That is really interesting to think about how someone can just snake through and not really, because as a as a listener, you're always waiting for that resolution, right? like yeah. take and break. I'm waiting for something that rhymes to close it off. But if you can close it off, give the person the resolution without closing it off. Oh, that's a really unique way to look at it. Does that challenge you as a lyricist at all to be like, can I do
1: something like this? For sure. Um, and in some ways, like when I first got back from India, I feel like I was more in that flow. That mm-hmm. first, after that first trip of just being like a song can be a mantra. A song can be three lyrics. A song can be a cough, you know, if I decide to <laughs> like, it can be whatever, but, um, and I'm starting to get back there and, but for a while it did challenge me to be like, you can just take a string of words and decide and figure out how to make it melodic. Yeah. Cause I never listened to a bony bear song and think that's not resolute or that didn't rhyme. I'm not yeah. thinking about that. everything feels like it's properly placed and musical. Um, so that's proof. And it's definitely something like I want to get back into
0: practice. Yeah. I think that's, that's it too. I think that's the perfect word is it's practice. I think that I fall in and out of my musical practice a lot. And I've, since Mm. I've been doing what I've been doing, I've got a little like travel guitar. So I've been just like practicing some scales and strumming some chords Mm. and just kind of trying to build the calluses back up. And it's a struggle. It's like almost going back to when you first learned a little bit, but it's, it's, it's really fun and like you're like oh i still got it and i can learn more by practicing and i think that's one of the beautiful things about music is it's it is always there it's you're never going to be able to master it in a lifetime or ever because it's it doesn't have it's
1: it's not masterable it's not it's not i mean that's one of the things that i think makes musicians who who really dedicate themselves to this path and so crazy and so for me very relatable but it's like to go after something where there's no ceiling. The limitless word is coming back to me now. Love it. To learn something where there's no end to learning.
0: Yeah, no, it's really true. So what can we, um, you're doing this course now, so kind of tell us a little bit more about this course because I really want people to know about this because we talked to, I don't, have you ever heard of the guys, the Corn Brothers or the Brothers Corn? Mm -mm. they're kind of doing something a little bit similar. It's same, same, but different where they're like coaching people to help find their voice, write songs. And these guys are incredible. I definitely on the 25th, which just passed, but I'm going to give you a late entry. Go listen to the Korn brothers. You'll love them. And, um, they're, uh, they're doing something similar, but you're doing kind of what they're doing, helping people find a voice, But bringing in these chakras so just kind of plug yourself a little bit and then let us know Mm -hmm. like exactly how to find it because you're in beautiful costa rica and maybe someone at some point when we get into more normal times you could bring a group of people down there to do it. Is that the dream
1: yeah i would love to because i have been staying well right now i'm not but um tomorrow i'll go back to this community i've been staying at that's like a permaculture community they're living off the grid they're growing their own food Mm. It's, it's pretty amazing and i would love to bring like a group of people down there and do this voice work um the activating the voice course so it's less a songwriting course and it's more of like how to fully feel courageous in your voice moment to moment so that you are speaking your truth and asserting yourself and um, having an opinion and being fully creative and singing when you feel inspired to and expressing your emotions when it feels difficult to. so it's all the moments the passages uh, in which we sometimes find ourselves getting silent Yeah. and it uses the the chakra system as a guide Um, because in each chakra there are different themes. So like um, the root chakra would be financial stability, trust issues, and kind of going into all the ways that communication gets started and stopped there. And then we do a lot of singing and really fun, like vocal exercises along the way. And, um, I'm also putting out. I was inspired through ma- through doing this course. We have a week, weekly chanting practice.
0: Okay. And, nice. And
1: yeah, and in the idea behind the chanting is that each mantra correlates to a different chakra and activates it through the, through sound. This isn't my practice. This is ancient um, Sanskrit and Hindu Hindu practices. Yeah. But it's in their exact Sanskrit. Um, but through doing that, I decided to make a record of these mantras, which um, is kind of like an ambient meditation uh, collection that's coming out on Friday, tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you can put it in this podcast.
0: I definitely <laughs> will. It'll be out there and I'll get it and uh, and mix it in. And honestly, just I, I really hope that at some point in this crazy world that our paths cross because I um, love chatting with you and just love chatting with somebody who's out there and And figuring it out and trying to do it like like I am and like I think everyone is. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, thanks for it.
0: big thank you to Doe for coming on and chatting with us today. Guys, she is so talented. Go check out her music. And if you're trying to find your voice, maybe look her up. We'll have some information for that on the show notes. As always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thanks so much. Get
1: your song facts back, back.